0: Welcome to the Coaches Social Podcast. We're the host of the show, Justin Raby and Shane Garner, and it's about time that we're doing this.
1: Uh, I was just getting ready to say how excited I am to finally sit down and actually record an episode. Um, for those of you who don't know, Justin and I have we have talked about this and have lived in the sports world for pretty much our whole lives. Yeah, and. The things that we want to bring here through this podcast actually started, what did we say, nine years ago, ten years ago?
0: Nine, this is 2022, so nine, yeah, nine years ago Nine for years sure. ago.
1: So so where we are right now, this is actually just the pool house of my house. Like, we, we sit here, we, we spend a lot of time, a lot of nights here um, just talking and discussing things about life and sport and family and anything, really, that we've wanted to talk about. We, yeah. We've talked about in here. We've talked about it all. Um, And actually... Nine years ago, I became the head coach at Sessor Villa High School at the basketball team. And in this room, exactly where we're sitting right now, uh, had a conversation with you uh-huh. about coming on and coaching basketball with me. Yeah, I was a 29-year-old whatever kid who thought he knew everything and then realized, oh, man, I'm in charge of something. <laughs> and yeah. so I'm the one that needs to be behind this. And so we tossed around these ideas of – doing things differently yeah, and how we wanted to take an approach to where we were more than just about winning basketball games. Yeah.
0: Honestly, um, on that thought, when you first asked um, the idea of coaching basketball, I'd, I'd never really considered it. Cause I, I mean, I'm not a teacher, wasn't a teacher at the time or working in a school system. So I didn't ever consider coaching until you gave me the opportunity. But my first thought was, well, yeah, that'll be awesome. We'll just see if we can build a program, win a lot of games. And that was like the first thought of it of, I mean, that's what you think about when you think about sports and coaching and stuff like that, which that always is going to be part of it is winning. But that was my first thought. But then it completely changed, especially like once we got into it. Absolutely. And I think it was
1: the thing of we knew we wanted to do it differently. Yeah. We just didn't necessarily know how and what to do. Exactly. Yeah. But we knew a why. We knew a why, what we were going to do it because we wanted to, I mean, not just win ball games and give kids great opportunities and great memories and great experiences, but we wanted to reach them on a deeper level.
0: Yeah. It, well, you, okay. So you mentioned why. We we had a why. And I think that's probably a good place to start for this first episode of the Coach's Social, um, which will explain kind of where, where the name Coach's Social came from, too. Yeah. Um, let's do that. And then we'll talk about the why, because that is probably the most important thing behind anything that we do. And, uh, and so we'll hit on that a little bit, but yeah, let's talk about why it's called the coaches social. Okay. So
1: we just explained, I was a head basketball coach. Justin came on, was an assistant. We also assembled, uh, some other, and I don't use this word lightly, phenomenal human beings to be on our coaching staff. Yeah. Um, it wasn't just, and, and, and it was definitely God that orchestrated our group because it wasn't something that I could go out and do as a head coach and assemble. It was just God just putting us in our and putting people in our place. You know, you're talking about yeah. people like Marcus Clary and Brian Lahr and Eric Drake. Like it it was, in my opinion, a dream team built by God. Yeah. For us to go out and do this together. Those are the days. So so as as we assembled together, most of the nights after games and different things like that, we would get together and hang out and it would be all of us with our families together just living life. I mean, we were we were doing life together, we were in this together, and so we treated it that way. And so we started tagging our nights as coaches social. Yeah. So if you had a big Friday night game and we wanted to get together afterwards and hang out, we'd be like, "Hey, after the game tonight, coaches social."
0: Coaches social.
1: And what was started out as Just us getting together and hanging out. And and just –
0: it was a funny name to, you know. Yeah,
1: and eating pizza after the game and just doing stuff like that. In my opinion, was one of the most influential things we did because as a coaching staff, we became a tight-knit group. Oh, yeah, for sure. And our families became tight, our wives became tight, and it was something that I think was one of the most important things that happened to our program and especially put us in a trajectory – of the things that we were able to do, and I'm not talking about winning ball games. I'm talking about the stuff off the court yeah. that we were able to do, build trust with each other, and and really become super super close. And I think our our players who came through our program noticed that too.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think the importance of the uh, social aspect of that too, for us in that time period. Like you were the only person that worked in the school yeah. that was on staff, so. I was doing something different. Marcus was doing something different. Brian was doing something different. So none of us were in the same building throughout the course of a day until we got there at three o'clock for practice. So being able to spend time outside of it all together, um, it, it deepened the relationship and, and it and it, it helped to steer us all in the same direction Yeah. because of the, the conversations that we would have afterwards. And I
1: think that's one of the most important things that we talk about as, you know, we had alignment in what we wanted to do. And it wasn't necessarily – alignment doesn't mean 100% agreement. But we all knew what we wanted to go after, and we all did that. And I think here, – and here's the most important part is each and every one of us played a super, super important piece in that. Yeah. Because I think, you know, a lot of the times as a head coach, you get looked upon as everything happens because of you. And that's clearly wasn't the case because there are a lot of flaws in myself. But I think God put those pieces together to – fill in those gaps that I have in my own life and to allow that coaching staff to really act as one big piece.
0: Well, I mean, that's scriptural is when we talk about the body of Christ is made up of all these different parts and nobody's the same and and the body doesn't function. the, The physical body doesn't function the same as the other parts. The ear doesn't do what the eyes do and the nose and the mouth. Everything does its own purpose, but it all is making up one body and especially with our vision of doing things differently in a sports program those pieces had to be put together and if we were all the same it would never have worked and, or, and here's the great thing by because think about
1: the kids that we were working with There's not a single one of them that were the same no oh, so yeah. we had to be different so that way we could literally yeah. reach those that we were working with and yeah i just looking back i just you know during the time you get caught up and you don't really realize it but now looking back gosh, almost 10 years ago, mm-hmm. man, that was some really, really cool stuff.
0: It really was. And, and we did a lot of stuff, a lot of different things and you well, know, things that we did that maybe didn't work great, things that did work great. And then you just kind of adjust and, and decide where you go moving forward. Um, so, I mean, really just thinking like, that's a a part of the why and how all of this started, but that all culminated to nine, 10 years later to, now where we feel like this is something that we're supposed to be doing in a podcast i know a lot of people maybe think you know it's a podcast yeah exactly. whatever yeah. um but honestly i do believe that this is something that has been in the works for a long time and going back to the why i mean i think that's our, our purpose for doing this and where we hope that this goes is much greater than just buddies sitting down and talking on a microphone yeah
1: and obviously that's where it it game got birth from was us hanging out and talking yeah, but those things that we talked about we literally used within a basketball a high school boys basketball yeah. program and a lot of those things were looked at as whoa either odd, weird or completely different, which was fine but a lot of those things have have grown and have god has been able to multiply those things and I think now it this is something that needs to get out to the coaching world yeah for sure.
0: And, and really it goes far beyond that too. Um, because in one point that I was, I was really, this is something I've been thinking a lot about lately. And I know we've talked about this, but what you just said to the coaching world, but even beyond that, in the sense that what we're talking about is developing culture. And I know that especially in the sports world, that's a hot button. Yes. You know, it's almost one of those, uh, cliche terms now, but those things happen because they're important. They get talked about so much. But I, I, you can't convince me otherwise that sports drive cultures. Oh, absolutely. I mean, think about the NCAA basketball tournament. When a mid major makes a, a deep run into the tournament, what happens the next year to their enrollment? Yeah, it, it skyrockets. And those aren't kids coming to play basketball. Yeah. But, but what's happened in their sporting world is driving the culture of their school. And we see it, um, from a micro level of like small communities like we live in in Southern Illinois, all the way through worldwide macro level, worldwide sports, what happens in the sports community that drives the culture around it, and, yeah. and that's I, why I, this stuff's so important.
1: And the word is it, it's highly influential. Yeah,
0: I mean it's high, and, and like
1: you said, it doesn't matter if people are involved in sport or not; they take pride in some of these things, and it yeah. generates stuff and. And it's fun to be a part of it is it's fun to be a part of things that are exciting like you talked about the the small schools and the ncaa tournament and, and even small schools like us people would get excited when those things happen yeah and so you can't tell me that sports aren't extremely influential not just on the ones who are playing or the people who are connected but to everyone who
0: is around them yeah it makes a huge difference and um you said the word influence and so uh, obviously we'll explain kind of who we are a little bit more in depth to or like where we're at currently. But so for me, I work for the fellowship of Christian athletes. I, um, spent 11 years in the physical therapy world and I felt completely led by God to make a transition into full-time ministry. And so that's what I do now. And within FCA, our organization, we're a worldwide organization. We're in 106 countries across the world. Um, but our, our vision of the ministry is to see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes. Because we understand that, again, small-town USA or worldwide sports, coaches and athletes are extremely influential. And maybe, I don't know, maybe there's not a reason for it. Mm -hmm. Maybe that we can't peg, but for some reason it is. That's the truth. And so we want to leverage the influence that a coach and an athlete carry to influence the culture around them, ultimately for Jesus Christ. Exactly. And so how that connects to me is that is who I am.
1: I am, you know, I'm a high school coach. Uh, I've been coaching for 15 years and I have coached from ranges of, you know, at the junior high level of softball and, and track to the high school level of being an assistant football assistant track, and even a head basketball coach. And through that range, now looking back over 15 years, even at a small school of all the young men and women that have came through. And so that influence that Justin is talking about and the stuff that the FCA stand for directly impacts me because I'm the one who is putting it into play. Yeah, and so how this works together is once again it's just orchestrated by God because what Justin does through the FCA directly influences and impacts me to then I can directly influence and impact the players and students that
0: come through yeah. my path, you influencing the influencers. Yes, and that that's I mean simply put that's what we want to do. Yep. coaches are the influencers on a daily basis we want to influence those coaches to be strong christ-like leaders and um you know plant seeds of gospel truth and and all those things that uh, yeah it all ties together but it, it sports no matter way any way you look at it it's very influential and uh in terms of this podcast that's that's where we're going that's mm-hmm. what we hope to have uh come from this uh conversations that that you and i are going to have just the two of us and then i know we've got a long extensive list of some people that are going to be really really great to sit down and talk with and um we kind of have a vision of of what this podcast is about i'm gonna let you kind of explain what that is if you want to shane and then we can kind of yes where we go from there so
1: what we want to do on this podcast is we want to have conversations and stories that provoke thought build faith that challenge but it also encourages people of sporting world and beyond because there's a leader in all of us and here's the thing that we all need to understand you don't have to be good or bad to be a leader because someone's always watching you you're always being an example and so we want to put those stories out there and those examples out that because we believe that even though maybe we live in a small area that there are a large number of people around us and in the country, even in the world that feel like they're on the same mission as we are. And so we want to be able to connect with them, but also connect them with other people. That way they maybe necessarily don't feel like they're alone in this fight. Cause I know there's been times where I have felt that, you know, you're the only one trying to do this. You're the only one, this, and that is completely false. There are numerous people out there. And so we just want to bring all those people together.
0: Yeah. And, and this is a good way of, uh, broadening the reach. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like you said, hopefully allowing people to understand or realize that they're not the only ones that are thinking in terms of these types of things. Uh, Sometimes it does feel like that. And, you know, specifically, I mean, just being honest, we know that throughout the course of the last nine years, there's been plenty of people that have made fun of us that have been our friends. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, those things don't go unknown, Mm -hmm. but We believe in what we've been doing, and because of that, I mean, it allows you to just brush it off and be like, that doesn't matter. Exactly. It's not about that. Uh, Because there always is going to be those that, you know, want to – what's the term I'm looking for here? They don't believe in what you're doing. Yeah. That resistive. And I have found found
1: that over the years, whether you're doing good or bad, you're always going to hear noise one way or the other. And so the noise is always going to be there. And so – as long as we're following along and doing what we honestly believe that the Lord is telling us to do, yeah, nothing else really matters. And we just want to be a web that connects all those people together because there are people out there and there are some highly influential people who are doing this exact same stuff that we we're talking about. Yeah. You know, people mm-hmm. at the professional level, at the collegiate level, but and I, but I think most importantly at the high school and middle school level mm-hmm. where foundations are laid, um, we need to branch out to those people, connect with those people, and let them know we're not—they're al- not alone. But also put resources and education in their hands and yeah. uh, allow them to to feel confident in what they need to do.
0: That's a really good. That's something I've I've talked a little bit about uh, with some people recently. Like, we always see the big big lights and you know the, the shiny stuff of you know college sports and professional sports and how cool it would be to be able to. Uh, interact with those people on that level and all that stuff. And, and yeah, that's cool. But I honestly believe that a coach at the junior high level, you could consider them to be way more influential than a professional coach because the way that they can set a foundation for young people. Absolutely,
1: And that's, that's what I was just going to jump in is, is we all know that any type of structure you're trying to build, it's, it's the foundation that determines yeah. the trajectory and the longevity of yeah. the building, of the structure, and so it's it's those it's those mo- middle school teachers, those youth coaches, those are the ones that really pave the way. And and all, and you know, when you hear and I think it was Joe erman that, that said, you know, when they asked him, you know, how successful he is as a coach, he said, I oh, don't know, ask me in twenty years. Right. I mean, that's proof right there that he's saying I'm laying a foundation. And when these kids mature and become adults and do the things that they need to do. That's when you're going to start seeing the fruit of
0: it, yeah. Because just like in parenting, uh, it's easy to avoid certain disciplinary things and stuff like that just because you don't want to deal with, you know, crying kids and stuff like that. But if you avoid it longer and longer and longer, then you develop bad habits, and then it's even harder to break those things. Same thing goes with coaching if you start it early, then you're not dealing with the junk as maybe as deeply as you you would be otherwise Mm -hmm. and you know thinking in terms of you get some of these professional athletes that have egos out of this world and you know all that garbage that comes with that had they had a coach that understood the bigger picture when they were in youth sports then they maybe could have avoided a lot of the the roadblocks and the things that they've experienced negatively in their life up until that point so yeah I think that is a big thing that I really hope people understand is it doesn't matter what level of sports you're coaching, or even if it's d- different activities, it doesn't have to be sports. Um, your influence is extremely, extremely high. Exactly, And you've heard the example when we've gone on and done our Beyond the
1: X's and O's clinic and stuff like that. And I, I talk about my assistant freshman football coach, Yeah, how he made a huge impact in my life because of one moment that he, he stood up and spoke truth to me. He didn't run away from it. He, he stood up and he spoke truly. But it connected something in my heart that I needed at that moment. Yeah. And that's something I still talk about, you know, 24 years later. Right. And he was an assistant freshman football coach. Some uh, some people wouldn't think is, you know, a too glorious of a, of a position. But it helped shape me who I am and has affected, you know, all the things that I've been able to do in my career over the past 15 years. Yeah. And that was a 30-second conversation. 30-second conversation. And he didn't have to have the right – I mean – it was just the right time, the right moment, the right thing. Um, going back to one thing, you know, you talked about the importance of middle school and and all that, and, and I think this is important. This is a something that I firmly believe that people don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And so when athletes come through or coaches come through, we can't we can't blame them for what they don't know. So what we want to do is put them in the know. We want to help them and direct them and guide them mm-hmm. and do that and and bring. And I don't know if awareness is the right word or not but we want just to provide them with the educations to equip them, to engage them that they, they can go use and that way they can be in the know and help those things. And yeah. help and like you said, kind of curve those things before they become issues later on in their life.
0: Yeah. And, and that's a, well you, you mentioned about what coach Ehrman said about, you know, ask me in 20 years about the influence that I had. Um, and the same thing goes like when you're looking at from a Christianity side of things in terms of, you know, we're supposed to be sowing gospel seeds everywhere we go. Uh, the outcomes aren't on us. Yes. That's not up yes. to us. It's, it's only our job to plant the right seeds mm-hmm. and, and to water those seeds and to encourage and all of those things. But the outcomes, that's not up to us. And I think that's one thing, especially if, if, if coaches listen to this and like, I want to start doing things differently or, uh, or maybe you have been and you're discouraged or whatever, like you yeah. have to understand that you may not see the results. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you have to be hard. okay with that. That is hard. It's yeah. hard
1: to – because as coaches, if, we, if we're if we teaching a skill, we want to see the result of that skill. Right. Immediately, you know, like you put a drill in, you want to see it. And you want to win you wanna the game see because of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so – but this is different. You yep. know, this is uh, – this is like you said. It's just constantly throwing the seat, constantly throwing it, cast, casting it out, casting it out, casting it out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and make sure you're putting it in a – we talked about culture, but – in an environment where it can survive and thrive.
0: Okay, so here's one thing that uh, I think maybe is a big misconception when we're talking in terms of, we call it three-dimensional coaching or or 360 coaching, um, where we're, we're focusing in on, yes, the, the physical side of coaching, the skills and, and the game itself, the mental side, emotional side, and then the spiritual side or the, the heart side. I think a lot of people that maybe don't know, like you said, you don't know what you don't know. My dad loves that saying, by the way. He's been saying it a lot. Oh, good. Lately, so. You're welcome, Bill. I hope, like, hope he'll, you yeah, got that. Yeah, he'll, he'll appreciate that. Um, what was my thought? Oh, that th- you don't know what you don't know. And so people see coaches taking this kind of approach, and then they immediately think that's soft. Oh, yeah. Oh. And it- <laughs> <laughs> that, that one strikes a oh. chord, doesn't it? Because here's the thing. It's harder. It is. It's harder
1: because you are not only setting a standard that's a non-negotiable. I mean, it's here's the standard. Standard's not negotiable. Right. That's hard to do every day. And to uphold that, and to hold it, especially when it's
0: your best players that don't
1: live up to the standard. Exactly. But here's the thing: the heart, because you're investing yourself in these players' hearts, and when you do that, they're going to take a little piece of your heart. Yep. And it's going to make everything mean so much more. It does. Because it's no longer about a kid missing a shot or, or doing whatever it is. It's about a kid's well-being, mm-hmm. his mental health, his self-worth, his self-value. Now you're invested in those things. And, man, is that hard to do. It's easy to be a transactional coach and only care about winning. Yeah. Easy. Being transformational is I, – I can't even explain – the difficulty because it, it's the stuff that when you go home you can't go to sleep about because you're worried about a kid.
0: Yeah. And and transactionally, either you win or you lose and that's it. Yep. But in a transformative approach to coaching, I mean you're you're doing everything that you can and, and no, you're not always gonna get it right. Like that's okay. Mm-hmm. You learn and you correct and you move forward, but you're pouring into these these young people's lives and, and you've, you're really trying to do things the right way and, and hope to set them on a good path. And like we were talking about, we may not see fruit from that for years and years or even ever, but then stuff happens. And, you know, I mean, kids do stuff that kids do. Yep. And then something happens in their life and then you just feel completely defeated. Like, I didn't do anything. Yes. I didn't make a difference in that kid's life at all. Mm-hmm. And that's where being a, a three dimensional coach is so much harder. Yeah.
1: And we'll get into this later on because obviously this show is going to take a very broad spectrum. Oh of, yeah, you know it, yeah. it's like Seinfeld; it's a show about nothing. <laughs> we we don't necessarily we're not going to do the same thing every time. You know we might have guests yeah. on telling their stories. Um, we're going to have education pieces. We're going to talk about a whole lot of things. But I think one of the things that we will get into because it is something that we have used and it's not only impacted our lives but our teams is is responding to circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the things that we need to really grab a hold of because you talked about, you know, if a young man down the road makes a mistake, he makes a mistake, he makes a mistake. But how's he going to respond to that mistake? Yeah. Is he going to have that moment and be like, man, they they told me about this. They said this is what happened. And if it does, this is how I need to respond to it. So so even though there might be that thing that happens and we're like, oh, man, he made it's what they do after that is yeah. really going to tell how much they've bought into, or how much we've invested, yeah. you know, into their life. That's
0: a good point because we, or anyone in in this realm, would think that you know something happens and then our immediate response is, and it, and one this would be very selfish of us. And you think, I taught him better. Yeah, I, he he should have known better. He spent hours, you know, doing all the stuff that we we've done, and blah 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 blah. Well, I mean, that's selfish because how many mistakes have I made? No, yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah, the point is, what what is he going to do, or what is she going to do now that she has messed up? And and that's the bigger picture. Yeah,
1: and that, and that's one thing we need to to talk about too is is if you step in to this type of role. For some reason, we are all imperfect people stepping into these roles to try to do these things that. Are worthy of Jesus, we'll say, you know, but people will automatically assume that you're supposed to be perfect too. Yeah, and yeah. your and, and your athletes are supposed to be, well, you know, well, I can't believe a kid from your program would act well. Yeah, that's not necessarily. That's man, that that's a painting of a bad picture there because mm. that's not necessarily. We are all human beings with a nature to do bad things, right? And I think that's something that we need to understand is that you dive into this, it's not going to be a perfect world. You're not going to be perfect. The kids aren't going to be perfect.
0: And definitely everyone who's looking at you are going to hold you to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and again, that, that just goes to prove the point that coaching the heart is not at all soft. No, it's, it's actually the opposite. And, and again, if you want to look at the, the life and the teaching of Jesus, you know, it's easy for people that, that don't know to say follow Jesus is soft. or or unmanly, whatever, Mm -hmm. um, you don't know Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You don't know the standard that is expected. You don't know the price that was paid. I mean, we're sitting here recording this coming up into Easter, and, I mean, that's the ultimate, like, it doesn't get any harder than that. So, um, again, you don't know what you don't know. And and, and hopefully, if anybody listens to this, the, the idea is that, you know, first of all, we don't know everything. We're just going to talk about stuff that we've done, that we've messed up, that we've experienced, and trying to do it better. But hopefully it uh, it captures someone's attention and allows you to maybe think a little bit differently.
1: And, and the thing is, is, you know, we didn't come up with any of this. Nah. It was either given to us by God or we've had some tremendous coaches and teachers in our life and mentors yeah. who have poured into us. And as we're trying to do, we're just allowing what they have poured into us to come out of us and then hopefully do the same thing
0: yeah it's just a cycle so that's kind of uh what this whole thing is going to be about yeah i'm super excited about doing it. I, I, I think too. it's
1: going to be really cool i think it's going to shine some light on some interesting people that we have in our communities yeah. that are doing some great things um and also you know be able to provide some some information and and hopefully some education and entertainment maybe a little bit at the same time. Yeah. Uh, And just, uh, you know, have a good time. Like we said, it's a social, we're just going to sit down hang out and and we're going to talk and have conversations.
0: Yep. So, okay. To wrap this uh, introductory episode up. um, One thing that we intend to hear from anybody else that ever comes on, uh, we want to hear the same from, I guess from us. So, when when you break it all down, who is Shane Garner? Man,
1: that's an in-depth question, and I'm so glad that we we only have to answer this once, once <laughs> and then everyone else has to answer it. We may have to just yeah. change our answer as we go, because...
0: Yeah. Shane
1: Garner is a man who has been saved by grace, his life has been completely altered by Jesus Christ, and is trying... Keyword trying every day to live a life worthy that Jesus has called me to live. Not saying I don't make, I am not a perfect human being, but by the grace of God, he has given me tremendous blessing and has empowered me to be in a position to where I get to influence others. And so I'm a man who has been saved by the grace of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. And every day I just want to walk closer to that. And tried to live a life that is worthy of the calling that He has given
0: me. That uh, that's one thing that I actually had made a note of, if the opportunity came up to say that. That's one thing about you um, that I always appreciate is how raw and real you are, and that you never you never shy away from admitting your mistakes, the things that you've done wrong, even like no matter how messy that looks yeah that you never shy away from that and i think that's that is one big thing of what makes you who you are and i think real
1: i think and here's the one reason because i didn't i wasn't always that way um sometimes when you do bad things a lot and you're in certain situations you try to hide, hide those things so you look like you're somebody else and i had an encounter with the holy spirit and it was okay we're not gonna do this anymore we're gonna be transparent Um, And so sharing those things has actually been my greatest tool of witnessing, because when you're honest about yourself, you can be honest with other people and no one can hold things against you Mm -hmm. because you're honest about them. Yep. And so I appreciate that comment. That's you know, it's it's something I, I strive to be. And sometimes it's messy. But. I know it's where Jesus is, is going with me. Yeah.
0: yep. He does a lot in our mess. All right. So, who is Justin Raby? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, it's easy to ask the other person. I know. I'm glad <laughs> the, the tables have turned. Yeah. He turns the table. my I how the turns, tables, yeah, yeah, man, I messed that up. Sorry, Michael Scott. It's all right. Um, so, uh, very much the same as what you said. I mean- I'm just a guy, I'm, I'm a preacher's kid, grew up in church, was saved at a young age, but it wasn't until I became an adult that I, just, that I through circumstances and situations and, and things that happen in life, that I realized that my parents' relationship with Jesus isn't mine, mm. and I had to make a decision of whether this thing is real or not, and completely surrender my life to him and everything changed, changes and changed when that happened. And, uh, so yeah, I am, I'm a, I'm just a person that, uh, by the grace of God has been completely changed and, and restored. And, um, you know, I, I left a career that was secure and, um, I'd been in for over a decade because I felt completely called to follow Jesus in full-time ministry because I know. And so uh, I guess I had a, I met, uh, I had a real realization of my mortality. Yeah. And, uh, this is kind of a long way to answer all this question, but you know, I mean, you were there when I was 29 years old, our second year of coaching together. Um, my pancreas shut down and, doctor tells me i'm type 1 diabetic while i'm laying in hospital bed he told me that i was i was on my way traveling home from tennessee by myself i was on the verge of going into a diabetic coma at any minute and i was lucky to have made it to the hospital yeah and even though jesus had been changing my life <clears throat> leading up to that point that changed everything mm-hmm. because i realized i can go anytime yeah and i was just told that i probably could have at any time today. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I realized at that moment that this life is not about me. Yeah. Not even close. But because I am saved and redeemed by the Savior of the world, it's all about him. Yeah. And I'm here for a purpose. And that's to point people towards him even when it doesn't make sense. And to do things that don't make sense because again, I'm not the one running the show. Yeah, and uh, because of that, life has looked completely different moving forward, and it doesn't always make sense. But uh, I, I, I do understand that I'm here for a purpose, and I hope that when it's all said and done, that I have been a difference maker. Yeah,
1: and I think the one thing you said that really speaks to me because you talked about life not being about you. Mm-hmm. So because because when I see you, especially in, in what you have left. To what you're doing now i just see that you, you just have this great compassion over people like you just have this great compassion if you want to you want to reach people you want to talk to them you want to have an influence in them and you're not scared to do that there are many times i'm jealous of that because i don't have that inside of me you know i'm a i'm a i'll go sit in the corner and then when i'm called on i'll answer the question and, and you don't have that and so i just jesus is just really you, you just have the compassion of jesus over you which is so awesome and i think that's what makes this so cool now is because what you get to do every day is that. Yeah. You know, and you get to do it with coaches and kids and yeah. And in my opinion, there's no greater mission field than
0: that. I agree. And I appreciate you saying that because that is so not who I've been. Like I was the shy kid that I literally would not go to my own Sunday school class because I couldn't go with my brother, Jeremy. Yeah. That's how shy of a kid I was. And talking and speaking and, and in our friend circle, you and I are probably the most quiet of yes. all of them. Um, Hey, and here we are talking. On I five, know. Nine. Yeah. How, how, how funny. <laughs> again, it's not because it's not through yeah. anything that we have. It's not even our personalities. Um, but, uh, that, that's, that's just, that's just it. When you submit your life to Jesus, he changes everything and he is going to take weaknesses and turn them into strengths and use that for him. And again, it's all about him and not us. So absolutely. Well, let's wrap this thing up.
1: All right. Hey, there's one thing I want to do at the end of yeah. every episode. You know, if you're listening, number one, we thank you and we appreciate you. But if, if you found anything that made you think, made you better, maybe inspired you a little bit, or maybe just made you feel good, we ask you to do one thing. We're going to ask you to pay a fee, and this is the only fee that we're going to ask you to pay, and that's share the show. Yep. So if you got anything from this, made you think, made you feel better, Maybe, maybe, maybe question something, and you're going to go look into, pay the fee, pay it forward, share the show with somebody that way. Because our objective is to help as many people as we can. Yep, and that's what we want to do
0: within the sporting world and uh, and beyond that. Because, like, like we said earlier, um, there's a leader in every single one of us. Absolutely.
1: Yep, and we're just going to help bring that out and show you and and. I don't know It just it, it's endless i'm, I'm so excited I am I just, too. it's just endless of the things that you know i think the lord wants to do with this and so yeah so pay the fee share the show and uh i guess we'll see you next time yeah all right that's it